The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Hello and welcome to the Gay and Press, part of the 90 Min Podcast Network. My name is Andrew Headspeeth, and over the next 20 minutes or so, we will be dissecting that win over Leicester and what a win it was, and previewing the upcoming game against Atalanta in the Champions League. With me, as always, is my toppest of top reds, Mr. Alex Purdy. Roberto Perdino, how are you, sir? <laughs> that's good, that's the first. Um, very good, so good to have the uh, Premier League back, because it's just tragic last week, wasn't it? I know. And back again for her second cap. Uh, the best signing since Diogo Jota, I'd say, is Emma <laughs> Sanders. How are we? Wow, what a praise. Yeah, I'm, I'm really good, yeah. How are you? I am, well, after this weekend, I am excellent. I mean, what were we worried about? What were we worried about? I think <laughs> last week when we talked, we were all a little bit maybe apprehensive going into this game. But for me, 3-0 against Leicester, performance of the season so far, a real statement performance wouldn't you say Emma yeah it was such a good performance and I think Liverpool really needed it just to kind of emphasize the fact that they are obviously favorites for the Premier League title they are the defending champions and they do have a squad that that can compete yes there's injuries there's key players missing but Liverpool just went out and just did did the business and it was it was a Jurgen Klopp performance all over Absolutely. Purds, you having that 3-0 home to Leicester? I mean, you've always been pretty positive about Liverpool's title chances. Hang on, didn't I? Are you... Was this my prediction? <laughs> Did you say 3-0? I thought, wow, well, I said something stupid, yeah, and it's actually... Uh, I mean, you're yeah. the one who's I supposed to be was. writing these down. So. <laughs> yeah, it was our best performance to date, and um, I don't mean to bring it up already, but it's probably the opposite to the Villa game, where we just pressed relentlessly from the front and midfield. Our defensive line was solid. There were no mistakes at the back. Um, and to do that all with an injury-struck team is just incredible. I mean, you mentioned it there, injury crisis. What injury crisis? I mean, this does this <laughs> performance prove just how good the squad depth is? I mean, it, it, for me, it was a little bit reminiscent of the, the Barcelona game in the Champions League in, in 2019 when there were so many players out and you went, we went into it a little bit uh, down and apprehensive. But then the players who came in just really lifted them, lifted that that team. And it is something about Liverpool under Klopp where they really rally in these kind of situations. And maybe squad depth has been something that you might be able to have levelled at Liverpool in in recent years, as maybe they don't have the same the same level as maybe a Man City. But now it seems like of the twenty five in the squad, it doesn't really matter who the starting eleven are. It's just as long as there are eleven players fit, they're gonna they're gonna do a job because. There's a philosophy and there's a style there. 
and anyone can come in and you see Milner playing at left back, Fabinho at centre back, and it just it's just wonderful to see, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, I mean for me, I don't I never really had doubts on the squad depth. Going into the season, I think especially after the you know the recruitment that we did in the summer, I, I felt like we had the squad depth for, as you say, kind of probably the first time in a while where I thought, you know what, this this is a, a squad that could really, you know, kind of match Manchester City's squad um and, you know, the rest around the league. But what really impressed me this week in particular and it has impressed me so far this season is that it's not just depth, it's the depth of the positions that these players can play as well. So it's not like, you, you know, Definitely. you're having two or three players that, that are coming in and just filling in for left back. You're having a James Milner filling in, in in several positions. You're having a Fabinho filling in in several positions. And, um, you know, you've got young Curtis Jones coming in, who's essentially filling in for Thiago and Henderson in midfield and who's having an absolute stormer. And then, you know, you've just got players that are kind of, you know, squares in, in circles, really, but managing to turn themselves into circles and, and doing the job so well. And that that's what's really impressed me so far, is it's not just the depth, it's it's the depth of, of the positions that each player can play as well. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I, mean, I, I was just going to say, it was only two years ago in the 2018 final when Salah goes off and you're like, OK, well, we're done because we've got no one else. And Lalana comes on, plays left midfield in a 4-4-2. We've got no plan B. And we're, oh, we're I won't, all, I won't hear this negative chat about Lallana. Come on now. <laughs> oh no, he's great, but not a left midfield in a four-four-two for Salah, who was arguably the best player in the world at the time. All it was right. like we had it. we had an eleven at two yeah. years ago, and that was mm-hmm. it. And now we've got, as you say, a twenty-five. Yeah, and I think last season as well, maybe you would see sometimes in these sorts of situations, you'd see uh, players like Arigi coming in, and sometimes that would be great, obviously, as we know. <laughs> But it just it feels like in every position now there are two or three players, as Emma says, sometimes these these squares turn themselves into circles. I love that little uh, geometry <laughs> analogy. And yeah, I mean, who was your, your standout performer, Emma? I'll go to you because for me, I'm looking and there's probably six or seven players from that 11 who I just thought had an absolute stormer in that game. Yeah, it's really difficult because I think three names for me come to mind. Um, the first one is is James Milner, just because, like I say, he he's had to come in and fill fill in for for Trent at, at right back, and he's just done such a good job. And you know, he's up against the likes of Jamie Vardy and like Harvey Barnes, and yeah, like he's like sixty years old, and he somehow manages <laughs> to keep up with them. So did, did that you in see itself. Did you see his post-match comments as well, where he was at, He said that, um, well, he was asked about, did you know that they were gonna they were gonna target your side? And he just said, yeah, I pro- I probably would do the same to be honest. I would, I would target me. Oh, uh, he's he's brilliant. But yeah, like I, I think that just sums him up really. Is that he just kind of just got on with with the job, and that's what you get with James Milner. You know, every time he comes in, he's he's gonna do a, a job for you, and he did everything that was asked of him. So. He's one that I'd highlight, and then obviously Fabinho coming back after not playing for um, for a few weeks and just basically, you know, turning into Virgil Van Dijk again um, mm. at centre back. But I mean, I've already mentioned him, but for me, I think it has to be Curtis Jones just because of the kind of responsibility that he took on his shoulders in midfield. And I saw him do things that I've not seen of him before in the past. You know, we've seen his creativity and and his kind of, you know, ability to get on the ball and create chances. But what I've started to see from him in, in the last couple of weeks is is a real discipline to to his game. He just his positioning is spot on now. He reads the game so well and he's doing all the dirty work and he's doing not more defensive he, work, isn't he? Yeah. And I'm not you know, I'm not saying he didn't do that before, but it's almost as if he's he's consciously doing that. 
that now only sort of you know picking up the pieces from from the likes of Fabinho and Henderson that that would usually be in there. So yeah, I just thought he was incredible on the weekend, and that for me was was his game really to show everyone. Look, I really I'm like... here and I've got a future here. Yeah, and and for him and and Cater as well, two players that you would think maybe are slightly on on the fringes of that mm. midfield when everyone is fit, just to play the way they did. And one thing that I noticed from that game is just how good they are both at keeping possession as well. And maybe we we expect that from Cater. That's kind of the player that we thought we were getting. But him and Jones just playing, and Ryan Eldon as well, just playing triangles out of out of trouble every time. It's just so impressive to watch. Uh, Purdy, who are you having as your as your man of the match from that game? Well, this is you know this just proves how good we played and how everyone played because I was going to go with someone else, which was uh, Roberto <laughs> Firmino. Um, oh, probably his best performance since the last Leicester game in December. Um, yes. He, he, yeah, he, he loves Leicester, apparently. Um, <laughs> he, um, he was dropping very deep, actually. I guess that was either tactical or he wanted to get on the ball and prove himself, but it worked. He was driving the team forward. Um, he should have scored that one-on-one um, if it wasn't for a rebound <laughs> on the tightest goal line decision I've ever seen. I think it is that. actually in Premier League history. I think is it, 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 it in the end the... it was yeah. something uh, a tenth of a millimetre. That's I'm re- making that up, but ridiculous. it was something <laughs> insane. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. So ridiculous. he could have had two, but he, he didn't, and he kept going, and he got his goal, and he looked, you know, relieved when he got it, and I was, you know, ecstatic to see him get another Anfield goal because that just puts that awful agenda to bed. Uh, Emma, I'm sure you got things to say. I saw your tweet about saying that you cheered his his goal like he's your he's your son. So I mean, yeah. how how nice was that for you to see him score? Because like for me, he just he's got into that over the last few weeks. He's obviously such a good player, but in it's like for me when I'm playing five aside or Sunday league, and you just and you keep missing chances and you just can't get your head in the right position. And almost you need a slightly more difficult chance. Like that header wasn't wasn't a given. And yeah. sometimes that you just need to get a chance like that where you're not overthinking things too much. Yeah, I mean, I can't comment on the five-a-side thing because um, because I score every time, Andy. So I don't, oh, of course. I, I don't yeah, know what I'm you're sorry, talking about. about. Um, <laughs> yeah, it was. Like, I genuinely felt so proud when he scored. Like, I just wanted to go and give him a hug because he's just had <laughs> such a, a rough couple of weeks. And obviously everyone's talking about his goal drought and the fact that yeah, he's not been in top four, blah, blah, blah. And obviously Jürgen Klopp's backed him and just said, look, like he, he's our guy, he's our man. And you could see from the celebrations from the players just how much it meant to them as well for him to do well. And yeah, you're right. Like It was the hardest chance of the game probably for him and probably one of Liverpool's hard, hardest chances as well, not just his. Um, but he's so good in the end. We've seen him do that so many times. Like He scored some really good headers and... I think that just kind of summed him up is is that he as Purdy said he just kept going he just kept going and then and then he goes and scores a cracking header like that and that's just Bobby Firmino all over isn't it Mm. I think in a way it was I mean inadvertently it's been quite good that Salah had to sit out that game I mean obviously we can say that with hindsight now having won it but just the (laughs) fact that maybe if everyone was fit Firmino's the one to sit out and then he doesn't get that goal and maybe this thing continues. So to, for him to go and put in that kind of performance, I think it's going to be a real, really good thing for him. Yeah, well, going uh, forward now, do we do we have to play the front four? Is that, are we changing the system? Because they're all just in form. such good, they're all in such good form. And you can't drop Firmino now after doing that. So it looks like we'll have to. I mean, the, moving on then to the other one in that Fab Four is, of course, Diogo Jota. And Perds, I'm putting this to you with your relentless optimism. Is he the new Mohamed Salah? I mean, I'm just putting it wow. out there. 
I mean, hang on. Wait for this stat. Have you heard this? He's got more mm. goals at home from open play this season than Man City and Man United combined. I have heard so, that, and that's just... He's got so four, good. and they've only got one each. So Serious trolling. Serious trolling. What was your question? Better than Salah or the next Salah? I mean, no, but obviously maybe not quite that brilliant. <laughs> but you remember in Salah's first season when he came and there wasn't that much expectation on him. Obviously, we expected a wide player to, to come in and... and and, and be good, obviously, but the yeah. way he started and, and scored in every single game. And Jota, again, has come in maybe with not that much expectation on him, but he's just he's just slotted in so perfectly. Like, he's been linking up with Robertson and Firmino all his life. Yeah, I mean, it's crazy. I mean, that is a square peg and a square hole, you know. Mm. That's that's perfect. Um, so we're saying, we're saying Jota he... is definitely a square and Fabinho yeah. is now a, a circle who's turned himself into a square. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. But all of the shapes, yeah. Nice. And they all fit <laughs> perfectly. Um, I think he, he looks more like Mane to me. So I guess he's the next Mane if you want to put a comparison there. So, okay. you know, in, in three, I think he will get to that world-class level. You know, when, when Mane came from Southampton, he was, he was great. But now he's like the best. Like Jota's great. He will become the best, in my opinion. More optimism for you. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, it just makes me wonder, how did Atletico Madrid pass up on him? Because he was there and he barely got a look in before he was he was shipped out to Wolves. And you just wonder. I mean, sometimes it is a case of right player, wrong time at clubs and players not settling. But he just looks like he has all the ingredients to be a top-level attacker. And he can play anywhere across that front line. And it is, it's interesting how that just didn't work out for him under, under Diego Simeone. But yeah, I mean... Thanks, thanks, Diego. Is all I can say. <laughs> is all I can say to that. Uh, Emma, are we saying now that we are favourites for the league, not top yet, obviously, but uh, it was a good win, maybe a real, a real statement performance. The international break now is done until March, so that all of that drama is out of the way. We're basically qualified for the next round of the Champions League already. Um, the next few games you're looking at in the Premier League, they're not. You know, not bankers, but there's no real difficult ones in there either. Is there a chance that Liverpool can go up a gear here and maybe start to pull away a bit from some of the some of the chasing pack? Yeah, I mean, like I said earlier, for me, Liverpool have have always been the favourites for the title. And going into the season, I don't I don't think it was any any different, given you know how comfortably they won the league last season. So I don't think any anything's changed. But as you say. Um, if anything, they've just kind of strengthened their position there because you forget the teams that Liverpool have already played as well. Man City, Chelsea, Arsenal, Leicester. Um, and that's within the first, how many games have we played? Nine, nine games. So, mm-hmm. you know, to to be in the position that they are after nine games against those calibre of opposition, I think shows that, that Liverpool have started really well, despite, you know, I think you forget that although Liverpool have barely lost games for like the last, you know, two and a bit years, um, that they've actually, you know, I think I think this is a fairly solid start to the season, with all things considered, given the injuries, the madness of, of the summer with the whole coronavirus and the heavy fixture schedule. I think every team this season is going to be dropping points. So, um, yeah, Liverpool will only kick on from here, you'd expect. And I think it was quite interesting, James Miller kind of touched on this in his post-match where he said, you know, the season sort of feels like it's starting now because they can go yeah. on a run of games and can get that momentum now that these national breaks are over. So, yeah, absolutely. We saw that last season, didn't we, Perz, when um, it came to around this time of the year and Liverpool, I think it, it had, they had more points at this stage of the season uh, last year than now. But 
it looked like it was going to be quite a tricky time, but they just powered their way through December and that really congested fixture list as well as having the, the Club World Cup. Mm. Are you expecting something similar to happen now? If you look at the next, uh, all, all the remaining games now until the new year, there's six games left. The only one against big six opposition is at home to Spurs. Yeah, are we, I know. <laughs> are, we, are we confident now? Oh. Well, look, I mean, you're we, always confident, but yeah, you're more of course. confident. <laughs> <laughs> we, won, we won all our games in December last year and the year before as well. So it was a good you month. Know, it's the most wonderful time of the year, of course. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, that's good. Trajectory <laughs> would suggest we do it again. So you said, will we go up a gear? Yes, but just don't get injured before that Tottenham game because that's becoming like, I mean, that is the biggest game of the year now, Tottenham. I mean, so, hey, who cares about injuries now? We can put out a B team or a C team. It doesn't matter. You've no, seen it. Let's, let's just have most, you know, half at least of the starting 11 out for that game, please. And we've got a chance. Okay. Yeah. All right. Squares, circles, all in the, in yeah. the, correct, in the correct places. <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, that win, of course, takes it to 64 home league games unbeaten. Uh, when you see the rest of the the Premier League's list of, of games at home unbeaten, it just it puts that really into perspective. I think well, every other team has, has lost more games at home this season than Liverpool have in the last in the last three years. <laughs> um, yeah, and if you look at the table, it's sort of like Liverpool on sixty four, and then the next one down is like Southampton with three or something like that. Yeah. So, <laughs> um, I think the all time record is eighty six. Am I right, Perds? Yeah, Chelsea. That's Chelsea. I mean, that's still another... 04 to 06, yeah. Yeah, I think we're still another couple of years away, or not, well, maybe at least a season away from that. I mean, is this is this happening? Is this on? I can't see why not. <laughs> Look, we've done it. Is it arguably more impressive than that? Because we've done it without fans for 10 or so of those. Who I would argue uh, less impressive, definitely. but... <laughs> you argue less impressive. What? <laughs> yeah, no, it's, it's, I, I tweeted this on the weekend, actually. Like, I'm not diminishing, like, Liverpool's home record is incredible, but I do kind of feel the home and away forms this season are, are a bit irrelevant without fans. I don't know, like, it just feels like you're, just, feel like you're it... essentially playing on a pitch, aren't you? Yeah, I feel <laughs> yeah. like maybe it matters more in the Champions League, possibly, when you have yeah. to like physically travel and you're going to a different country. But... Absolutely. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Yeah. Uh... Um, yeah, but the, there's that thing about <laughs> home advantage, isn't there? And that's not a thing. Like, we drew to Burnley in Project Restart, and I can imagine with fans, potentially different, because that was a winning streak. We'd still be on that now. I don't know. Do you reckon yeah. you are? Yeah, maybe. Do you reckon you are put off by going just to a different dressing room and stuff? Is that is like without the fans? Is there is there any kind of like intimidation factor or like disorientation I, I, I think so. factor about I, going away? I, I do think there is, but I also don't think there's enough to enough. to kind of impact players of like Sadio Mane, Mohamed Salah's like elite level. Like I think that that kind of thing is probably more effective in kid. I'd say like maybe like FA Cup games and stuff. You know where you've got lower league teams coming in. But yeah. like, you know, you go, I don't know whether you've ever been on like stadium tours and stuff, but like, for example, like Liverpool, like they, they say like the away dressing room, like the lighting is really, like they make it really dark so that the players have Love to that. kind of accumulate to like the light when they come out on the pitch and things like that. So it's Just like little things. <laughs> yeah. And like the colours are already like dark, moody colours and like the seats are really uncomfortable. So like Just every noise team in. does that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so I think I think there'll be small changes, but um, yeah, nothing drastic. Yeah, I think we put the boot rack a bit lower, so they have to bend down a bit more. Yeah, yeah, to just that's right. Strain yeah. their back just, just a tad. 
It won't work, <laughs> but like, why not? Exactly. Um, any other any other points that we haven't touched on, Emma? Then from from Leicester that you wanna that you wanna mention? Anyone else you wanna praise? I mean, for me, Robertson was just majestic. Yeah. I've been sort of worrying that he might need like some time off just because he plays all the time. But his assist for uh, Jota's header was fantastic. Just to take it on on the volley and then move away from the defender and then put that ball in was was fantastic. Um, yeah. But yeah, was there anyone else that you wanted to to highlight? Um. I think I think Matip deserves deserves praise as well because obviously you know he's sort of come in as the the only defender that that we kind of had apart from you know Robertson but obviously Robertson as you said was you know five six days ago we weren't sure whether he was going to be playing so hmm. Matip had a lot of responsibility on his shoulders and there was a lot of sort of eyes on him to be you know the kind of the leading centre back and um, I thought he just. He just got on with on with his job and, and did really well alongside Fabinho there. So I think he'll be really important for us if, if he can stay fit this season. And obviously that's the, the big question around him. But he got for a game of 90 minutes. So that in itself, he deserves praise for that. Absolutely. Uh, Perds, anyone else that really impressed you before we move on? Well, we've mentioned him already. Um, Emma did in depth. Curtis Jones. I just think he's like, for a creative midfielder, in this league, he's actually like up there with the best. Did you see the Man City game? Like Bernardo mm. Silva's just a shadow of the player he used to be. Like I'd have Curtis Jones over Bernardo Silva now. And then Arsenal can't create anything <laughs> Such either. A big so I yeah, like Arsenal would die for Curtis Jones right now. And we've got Did him I... as like a sixth choice midfielder. Yeah, I'm thinking do we talk enough about him? I mean, we probably do, but just does the media talk enough about Curtis Jones? Because he has sort of quietly become uh, a regular part of Liverpool's squad, even if he's sort of on the bench. I think he's been in every every squad so far this season. Uh, he's he's scored a couple of goals. He's got that fantastic goal against Everton last season where he really announced himself. Are we looking at a position now where maybe when everyone's fit, he is actually pushing to be to be a starter now for Liverpool? Yeah, we, we need the media to not talk about him because I've just pitched a story <laughs> to my editors, which I'd like to write before anyone else does. Um, oh, no, no, I can edit that out. Yeah, no, no. I, I, I think you are right. I think, I think he is quietly going about his work and sort of quietly rising. I think when you've got other academy kind of stars like Trent Alexander-Arnold that are already in the side, I think that helps Curtis just kind of come in. And he hasn't got the pressure of being the next big scouser. You know, Trent was kind of the one following in Stephen Gerrard's footsteps as the kind of That's the true. local boy breaking through. Whereas, because Trent's done that, Curtis. I don't think he's got that kind of marker on him. So it's quite it's nice for normal. him to just come in. It is. It is the new normal. So, yeah, it's, I, I think you're right. I think he, he is perhaps underrated elsewhere, but certainly not at Liverpool. And can we get a uh, can we get a shape update on, on Curtis Jones? What shape is Curtis? A triangle. He, he's, a he's a triangle. triangle. Yeah, right. yeah. He's, he's one, one in a million. Anyway, I was just uh, I was just thinking, actually, Shakiri has got to be our most square player, really. Just, just physically, the guy <laughs> oh, looks yeah. like a square. Yeah. Rectangle. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Um, we will take a short break. And then when we come back, we will be previewing the upcoming Atalanta game in the Champions League. Okay. And we're back. Uh, Perds, we're through already. Do we even need to bother with this game? I mean... Uh, is... No, move on. <laughs> no, basically, just ba- we can afford to rest this game, which is quite nice. Um, I, mean, who I don't are we know resting? who we'll play. Well, exactly. I don't know who we're going to play now. Saying that, 
because our bench the other day was basically poor. Uh, we didn't have many options coming off, but I think we'll basically we'll play a, a mixed front three again of Shakiri, Minamino, Origi, and then mm-hmm. maybe throw in the big boys at sixty minutes, um, and then the rest is guess it picks itself. Uh, yeah, Emma, you you kind of happy with that? What what are your sort of thoughts on the lineup that you would like to see in this game? Yeah, I perhaps think a little bit differently because I I think with the fact that we've got players out injured and we've got you know kind of squares and circles, I think it's a good opportunity to give um, kind of a treat it I guess like a bit of a training session and try and get you know Fabinho and Matip a bit more familiar with each other at centre back because that's obviously going to be a long term thing. Um, and probably get James Milner there again at right back because he's you know probably going to have to fill in that role for a few weeks. So I think it's a good opportunity to try and just get the team working together in these new roles that they're going to have to fill in for. So I wouldn't rotate massively heavily, heavily but um, I, I would obviously rest the players that you can. So the front three is the obvious place that, that you would rotate. Um, and, mm. you, you know, you, you, you get Robber off straight away, bring in um, Jimmy Cass and... And yeah, and I'd give Kurt Jones another run out in midfield. Um, I wouldn't, I wouldn't risk Henderson necessarily. I'd bring him on for maybe you know half an hour or so in the second half. But yeah, I think, I think where where you can, you know, try and keep the James Milners and, and the Matip and stuff, get them forming those partnerships. Yeah, definitely. Are we expecting this to be like the away fixture? I don't know whether to think that was an anomaly, whether Atalanta just played really poorly or Liverpool played really well, or it was a combination of them both. What are we actually expecting from this game, Perds? I'll go to I'll go to you first on that. Well, you'd hope for their sake that they've learned from last time, so it should be more. <laughs> I, should I be wouldn't hope more, that, actually. Yeah, well, for their sake, but for our sake, we'll see. Um, I think it will be yeah, more of a slog. I can imagine. Do you remember we drew nil nil to Bayern Munich uh, at home, and it was just an absolute nothing game a couple mm. of seasons ago. I can see In it the being last like 16, that. Yeah. Yeah, I can see it being like that for us anyway. I don't think we're going to look to majorly press all over the park, but you know we're we're good enough to to grind out a result. I mean, a draw. I mean, you look at these uh, Champions League groups, and ten points is nearly is almost always enough to get you through. So really, one point from the final three would would do it. So you think that Liverpool can sort of take it a bit easier now. Uh, um, how far do you think we can actually go in the Champions League this season? And who are the other teams that you're you're sort of worried about looking ahead to the to the knockout stages? If we dare do that already, yeah, I, th- I think Liverpool will will want to be in in at least the quarterfinals. Absolutely, um, I can't see why why they can't go all the way. They've they've got the squad, they've shown it, um, and obviously you know they're elite when it comes to Champions League competitions. That's something else they've shown in the last couple of years. So. I think that you know they'll be there or thereabouts. Um, Bayern Munich again will be one to watch. You'd think, um, although obviously they have been weakened by the fact that we've stolen Thiago off them. Um, <laughs> but and yeah, look, Man City have been poor in Europe, but I, I don't think you could ever write them off. I think that you know that they're always going to be a danger. Um, and I think I, I'm, I'm interested to see how Chelsea get on in the Champions League this season. To be honest, I, I think that could be something that that they really go for. So. Um, I think the English clubs will have a much better, a much better season in the Champions League this season. Yeah, I'd be inclined to agree, just because you look at the, the Spanish teams are sort of in turmoil at the moment. Mm. I don't think Bas, uh, Bayern Munich are quite as strong as last season, and then the sort of the next tier down 
Paris Saint-Germain putting in that alongside Dortmund, who are very talented players, but you just wonder whether they have that ability to go all the way. When you said quarterfinals, probably I would have I used that used to be something I would dream of, but now that almost feels like a disappointment to me slightly. I think it's probably if I'm setting expectations, it's semi-finals minimum. I'm going to say, Birds, you having that semis minimum? Well, yeah, you on paper is just that's shocking, but probably agree. Like we are that good. As long as Adrian doesn't play, we'll probably go the way. Oh, poor Adrian. I mean, come on. There's but just he, no need. He knocked us out last time and I'm still bitter about it. I mean, keep this relentless agenda to Twitter, please, Perz. Sorry. Don't no, I'm a top here. red. I love him. You never walk away. <laughs> um, just before we finish then, I want to have a quick word on, on Brighton because we're not going to have a chance to talk about that before next week. Um it is Lalana's first game against Liverpool as well. First game since getting kicked out of the WhatsApp group as well. Famously. <laughs> um, uh, are we are we worried about Brighton in any way? I I mean I like look Liverpool shouldn't be worried about Brighton definitely not. But I think like I I like watching Brighton play. Bright, Brighton are a good team and you know they've got some good players but. They just they're just not strong enough. I think like you know, Tariq Lamptey is going to be a threat down the right for them. He's he's been amazing. Well, he's suspended now, isn't he? Because he got sent off. Oh, of course he is. Oh, so, God, yeah. yeah. Oh, this Excellent is a news. Yeah, there you go. And Happy days. They haven't they haven't won a game at home yet this season in in four games. So no. I mean, it's, yeah. it's what a time to do it then. Yeah. Well, good Yeah, they they've been performing well and just not picking up the results. So I just don't think they're, they're they're strong enough to cause any real problems. I think I think there'll be periods of the game where they can be a threat for Liverpool, but Liverpool should should be rolling those teams over. Mm. But are you happy? We mentioned it before. We happy for Adam Lallana there at Brighton. Is that a good move for him? Sort of yeah, he seems Liverpool happy. Legend. He seems happy, and that's all I want for him because I love the guy. He was our Aww. star player in that sort of transition period. Um, and it's good to see him getting some game time, even though he's like injured in this f- debut. And I was like, oh God, here we go again. But he's he's in the side and he got his first assist last game, which is nice. Mm. Uh, indeed, it is. Just before we leave then, I want to get predictions from you both. Uh, first of all, Atalanta game. Perds, what are you saying? 1-0 Liverpool. Uh, M, you're nodding your head yeah. in agreement with that? Yeah, I'm going for the same. Yeah, it's it's going to be a. I think it's going to be a bit of a slog, and then a 70th minute winner or something, one nil. Uh, I'm going to be a little bit more optimistic, seeing as the way we covered them over the last time. I'm going to say three one to Liverpool, and mm-hmm. and back to you for Brighton. Uh, three nil Liverpool. Nice, Perds. Two nil. All right, cool. Remember Clean to sheets. write these down this time so we can actually assess whether we yeah, got them right yeah. or not next week. Fair enough. Yeah. All right. Uh, well, I think that's all we've got time for this week. Uh, thank you all so much for listening. If you can, please drop us a review wherever you get your pods. It'd be very much appreciated. Subscribe if you haven't already and you have enjoyed what you heard. We'll be back again next week to review the Brighton game, the Champions League fallout and all the rest. And, well... It's goodbye from me. Uh, It's goodbye from Emma. Say goodbye. Bye. And it's goodbye from Roberto Perdino. Say goodbye. Bye. We'll see you next time. This is the story of The One. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. 
Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.